Well, good morning. I'm got all, I'm all emotional again. This happens about every Sunday. God's just so good, isn't he? The song he was just playing is that he's faithful. He's faithful, isn't he? So faithful. Well, we're so glad that you're here with us at South City Church. Uh, my name is Drew Klein. I'm one of the pastors here. Most of you know that. And we've been in our, our first principal groups uh, called Becoming a Disciple. You've been going through this. So the group's going okay? Having fun? This has been, I, this has been so amazing. We've so enjoyed uh, being in these groups and learning in these groups and, and being together. And uh, your presence over these weeks has uh, been a testament to that, you know. So thank you so much for walking out life with each other and uh, going through these groups with us. God is teaching us so much. What we're learning is what, is, what does it mean to be a disciple of Jesus? What's this look like, right? We're, we're supposed to be a church, and a church is supposed to be made up of disciples. So what does it mean to be a disciple? Well, the first things we begin to talk about is um, what do we believe? What are the things that we believe, right? That's, that's like the most important foundational part of who we are and what it, what it means to be a disciple. What do we believe? Let's know that. And then from there, let's let what we believe affect who we are and how we live. So what we believe, what we know that we believe changes who we are. And we're becoming, hopefully, authentic disciples. Our mission statement says that at South City, we want to become authentic disciples who make disciples. So we believe, and what we believe changes us to who God wants us to be. And then we go, God, here's my life. It's yours. It's not my story. It's yours. And so what, what do you want to do with my life? I want my life to bring you glory. I say, you hear me say this all the time, but if there's breath in your lungs, then there's purpose for your life. If there's breath in your lungs, then there's purpose for your life. And I'm pretty sure there's breath in all of your, your lungs this morning, right? That means God's got a reason for you to be here. And so let's embrace that. Let's know what we believe. Let's let it change who we are and what we do and where we go and what we say. Last week talk, we talked about how we think. As a disciple of Jesus, what does it mean for how we think? Let's renew our minds. Let's change what we're thinking so that what we think honors God. And then out of our thinking develops what you talked about today, a lifestyle that honors God, right? It's not my story, Lord. It's yours. You've been talking about Romans 14. Uh, and this is an amazing chapter. I, I don't know about you, but when I really started looking into this this week, uh, I had to read it multiple times. Anybody else? It's not, it's not like the easy chapter, right? This is, this is a chapter that I had to read in multiple translations and multi, and you can do that on the Bible app. You can change out translations and paraphrases and different things and really get a good holistic perspective of what's being said in that chapter. And it's so, it's so good. It's so good. Paul's encouraging. It's one of the things, I'm not, we're not going to read it again. You've been looking at it, okay? But I want to bring out a couple of things about the chapter that I want you to think about this morning before we go. Number one, Paul is writing this to believers, okay? This is Paul writing this to believers. So what's interesting about the book of Romans, what an amazing letter uh, to the church in Rome. And he's saying uh, for the first 11 chapters, the beauty, the grandeur, the glory, the amazing God we serve, and these are the things that, that we should believe. They're, they're, very, they're major issues, right? And then he gets to, to chapter 12. We talked about it last week. We renew our minds. We change how we think. We honor God with our thoughts. And then even through our thoughts, it changes how we live. 
Even the last verse in chapter 13 speaks about, uh, you know, let's, let's stop sinning and put on Christ. So there's kind of this in-between between 12 and 14. Put on Christ. Let's, in other words, live a life that honors God. And then from there, what does a lifestyle look like? And I'll, here's the deal. In a church, you remember the, my kids were doing this the other day. I'm always get it wrong. You remember this thing and open the, Daisy's doing it. Open the door and there's all the what? Uh-huh. There's all the people. There's all the people. It's, what's funny is as we come to know the Lord, sometimes one of the hardest things about learning to walk with Jesus is learning to walk with his people. <laughs> Somebody said, you've heard this ton, a ton of times, church would be so easy if we didn't have to deal with the people. <laughs> right? Church would just be, I mean, it'd be so easy if we didn't have to deal with people. But see, the funny thing about that is, that is the church. The church is, is people. It's not a building. Yeah. This is where we meet, but that's not the church. That's the church. Yeah. The church is people. And so we have to deal with people. And we're going to have different opinions and different thoughts and things. And it's just so interesting the way Paul and, and the Lord has spoken through Paul to speak to even what in some ways are smaller issues of the church so we can learn how to care for each other, love each other, walk together as believers. We're learning what it means to have this. He, he speaks of this in Galatians, speaks of it in, in Romans. Learning what it means to have this freedom in Christ. Freedom in Christ, which is a big deal for these Jews coming out of a, a Jewish rule system. It's a big deal, okay? But let me tell you something. Even today, your freedom, in another believer's opinion, might look like failure. What you call freedom, another believer may call failure. And that's okay. In fact, even in this text, Paul is so careful to say, he's not given a right or a wrong. He's not picking one side or the other, is he? Sometimes you want him to go, oh, come on, just pick this, you know, pick a side. He's not doing that. He's saying, let's care for one another. Let's give deference to one another. Let's submit to one another, as he says in, in Ephesians 5. Right? Let's, lo let's let love be our guide. Don't judge others. Don't judge people that are doing something differently than you are. Sometimes I think it's just our sin nature. We want to go to we're right and they're wrong, don't we? It's easy. It's easy to do. They're doing it differently, and I, don't, uh, I just don't agree with it. It's easy to go to judgment. I think if I were to put a, a, a title on this talk or this subject today, I think one of the things it could be is major on the majors, minor on the minors. Have you heard that statement? I've said it before here. Major on the majors, minor on the minors. Major on the majors, minor on the minors. This is what I'm talking about. There are things that are major. The inerrancy of scripture, right? The fact that Jesus is our only hope for salvation. The Trinity. There are some things that, listen, we need to stand strong on as a church. This is what we believe. This is who we are. Then there's also some minors that are kind of open to interpretation. They're open to opinion. They're open to some different things. And even though we may differ in our opinions about different things, we love, right? We submit to one another. We care for one another. We let love be our guide. We don't judge each other. We can't judge each other. We have to love and let that be our, our guiding force. You know, I was speaking about the, the Jews and the fact that Paul is 
and Peter are both speaking to Jews. Uh, and coming out of this Jewish system is a, it's just a lifestyle of rules. In my, in my quiet time right now, I literally just this week finished talking about, uh, or finished reading through the book of uh, Leviticus. Thank you, honey. I, yeah. I'm just now getting into numbers, but I finished this whole book of Leviticus. And the book of Leviticus is almost it's totally, it's all rules. And it's hard to read. Anybody else just finished Leviticus? You're kind of going through the, thank you, Glenna. You know, it's hard, isn't it? It's hard to read all through the rules. It's hard to read. And listen, I just sat there in, in amazement to think how specific God was to Moses to give him not only the rules, but the detail of the rules. It's unbelievable. This is the people, this is the nation coming out of this rule-keeping system that Paul's trying to go, no, now we have freedom in Christ, right? The rule, there's a reason for rules, and you know what? There's a reason we have those rules in, in the scripture that we read today. They teach us about who God is, and they teach us about who Jesus is and the fact that he came to, to not to do away with the law, but to fulfill it, Right? That's one of the reasons we can learn so much about God. We can learn so much about uh, salvation for the fact that, yes, there were rules, but even in the book of rules, there's grace and there's the Lord providing through a sacrifice so he could set up the story of Jesus being our sacrifice. But let me tell you what, rules, and you can read this real quickly in the book of Leviticus, rules lead to death. One of the things in Leviticus is a lot of death, lots of death. You do this, you do that, dead. Make a mistake there, dead. Right? I mean, it's just so thankful we don't live by this uh, book of laws like that anymore. There's freedom, there's grace. So instead of rules, Jesus invites us into relationship. Jesus is not inviting us into a list of rules, but into a life of relationship. Sometimes if we keep rules, not only does it lead to death, but it can lead to self-sufficiency. It can lead to self-righteousness. You remember the rich young ruler? He came up to Jesus. He, he got on his knee and said, you know, what must I do to inherit uh, heaven? And Jesus begins to tell him, but he says to Jesus, I've kept all these rules. He's checking off how good he's been, right? There's just this sense of, no, I've done that. I've kept, I've, I've done my part. And the reality is, we know as we begin, as we learn in that story and every story, he didn't do his part. And we can't do our parts. Only one has been able to fulfill the law, and that's Jesus. And we're invited into a relationship with him. So instead of rules, what do we do as believers? We, instead of rules, we need to have convictions. We need to have principles. That's why we're going through this first principles material. What are the things that, that we believe that we're going to feel strongly about? What are the things, how are we going to live our lives? What are we going to allow ourselves to be involved in? What are we going to allow our children to be around? What are we going to think? How, how, what are we going to say, right? How are we going to spend our money? What are the principles we're going to live by? These things are very important. I remember when I was in high school, I, uh, you know, I, I went to this church and God was really changing my heart uh, tremendously here in this church and in this youth group. And when, when I kind of made a switch, when I kind of made a decision, no, I'm going to stand for Christ. I'm going to honor the Lord with my life. I went to Hall High School up in, the, up in the Heights, and there was no one else in the youth group that really went there. And I was, it was my senior year. It was supposed to be your funnest year, right? It was not. 
It was a rough year because I had made the decision to stand on my convictions. I, I, I made a decision to pull out of the clique and the group of people, the athletes and guys that I'd been doing life with and going out with on the weekends. I decided, you know what? I'm going to do something different. I'm going to live for Christ and I'm going to stand for Christ. And it was very, very difficult. I didn't have like a prayer group at lunch that gave me encouragement. Instead, I totally lost all of my community in one fell swoop in a decision to follow Jesus. He, he matched that and he brought it back to me through the church and friends and others. But it was a hard decision. I let my convictions determine how I'd live and the decisions I would make. Here's a question this morning and we're just almost done. Do you have those convictions? Are you confident in what those are? Are you positive in who you want to be in him? Because that's what it means to have a lifestyle in Jesus, to not just believe. It's good to believe. But James says even the demons believe. It's not enough. It's good to believe. But listen, let your belief change your life. And, and after your life is changed, change your convictions. Let's, how do we change? How do we continue to live in this way? We're going to renew our minds and our lives are going to be different. There's some things we're going to say yes to and some things we're going to say no to. And people are going to notice a difference in us. Here's the last verse in our text that we read this morning. I think it's just so good in the message. And the message says it this way. If the way you live isn't consistent with what you believe, then it's wrong. If the way you live is not consistent uh, with what you believe, then it's wrong. Man, if you would have told me that before I changed my heart as a teenager, I'd have been, I would have been, uh, that had been a rough thing. Because see, I was living two different things. I believed in God and I believed that there was a certain way to live, but I wasn't living that way. It was inconsistent. If we're gonna believe something, we need to live. Our lives need to follow up, need to match the things we believe. Otherwise, we're just a clanging symbol, right? We're just hot air. I think we're more the problem than we are the solution, but if our lives can match our beliefs and we can allow our convictions to change and stand for the things that are, that are most important to us, we'll see the world around us change. But here's, here's the tough part. I said at the beginning, we're a family. We're family. And so families don't always get along, do they? Oh, your families get along just perfectly, do they? Uh-huh. Families struggle sometimes, don't we? But in families, we're still family. We gotta figure it out. This is what Paul is saying, figure it out, you guys. And do it in love, submitting to each other, caring for each other. He says in Philippians, put others' interests and desires and needs above your own. Be family. You can disagree, but in your disagreement, love and be unified. Love and be unified in your family. Here's the last text. It's uh, Romans, again, Romans 14, 17 through 19 out of the New Living Translation. Let's just boil it down, can we? Here it is. For the kingdom of God, it's not a matter of what we eat or drink. Paul's saying the kingdom is much bigger than these little things of what we eat and what we drink. It's much, much bigger. But instead of, of living a life of God, uh, goodness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. If you serve Christ with this attitude, you'll please God and others will approve of you too. 
So then let us aim for harmony in the church and try and build each other up. I got a challenge for you this morning. Instead of (laughs) just disagreeing with somebody, instead of being frustrated with the way somebody does something, what if we thought, you know, how could I build them up? What What if we changed that? Right? Instead of being quick to be about what we're against, what if we said, now, what can we be for? What would that be like as a church, as a family? I think it would teach us to love a little deeper than what our nature wants to. You know, we, we want to love when things are going great. It's hard when somebody challenges you and steps up and says, I don't think this is so good in your life. Excuse me? Right? The proverb says that the wounds of a friend are faithful. But the kisses of an enemy are multiplied. In other words, when you have somebody who's willing to be honest with you, your spouse, your your friends that hold you accountable, the ones that love you enough to say, that wasn't great, by the way. And it stings and it hurts. And they stay around, that's a good friend, by the way. Okay? Somebody that just gives you recommendation and pats on the back and never has the, the strength to be honest with something that they disagree with, that's not a great friend. That's not a great friend. Well, I'll tell you what, as we learn a little bit more about what it means to be a family, uh, the body of Christ, I'm excited about our next book. Let me just break down kind of how our schedule is going to be over the next few weeks. So uh, we're going to continue in our books next week, session six, okay? And then after session six on March 11th, two weeks from today, we're going to have a, a, a service of worship. And I'll, listen, Daryl and our team are amazing, but I need a little bit more. I'm just, I'm, I'm ready. Are, are y'all ready for just some uh, worship service? Well, I mean, the one song is good, but I'm just like drying up. Oh, I can't wait. So the 11th is that week that we just get to soak in worship together and enjoy some of the stories that have happened in your groups. Have you seen things happen in your groups that you've been like, whoa, that's amazing. You've seen that? Bring those stories. Let us know what those stories are and be prepared to share them, okay? Even in Corinthians, Paul's telling us how to do church, and he says, everybody share a story. Everybody sing a song. You know, th- let's do that. So on the 11th, bring those stories, and let's share what God is doing in our groups. It'll be a great, great time. And here's another thing. We want to have some baptisms. Do you need to be baptized? Is it, is it something in your walk with Christ that you're like, I'm ready? I'm ready. I want to be obedient and I want to be baptized. I want to follow Christ. I want to be identified with him and I want to be identified with the church. I'm ready to be, to be baptized. If you are, would you come talk to us and let's make plans to baptize you on the 11th. All right. So what's so cool about our next book, it's called The Family of Families. So what we're going to do is because there's a lot of things going on in the next few weeks after the 11th, uh, there's going to be five weeks where we go back to our normal time at 1030. Okay. So we'll be doing our normal time. Some of your small groups will meet at nine and they'll meet here on campus and your leaders will be telling you that. But our main service, 1030, and it'll be a full service, okay, of worship. Um, We'll start that on the 11th. So our main time will start on the 11th and then we'll go for five weeks in our normal time, okay? So that'll take us through spring break. It'll take us through Palm Sunday. And by the way, we're having a community service, a night of worship with churches in the area here at South City on Palm Sunday in the evening at 6 p.m. It's going to be beautiful, different races, different denominations, different people here. It's going to be great. It's going to be awesome. 
and then it'll take us through Easter, keeping our normal service time through Easter, and it'll even take us through the following Sunday after Easter where we're going to have a big celebration. Because guess what, South City? We're almost one. We're almost one year old as, as South City. Yay. And so one of the things we're doing, not only are we going to invite the guests that come to be with us, by the way, start inviting guests for Easter. Man, let's pack this joint, can we? I wish people had to sit down here and we had to go, Delis was running around here trying to get chairs. Let's wear Delis out finding chairs, can we? <laughs> we'll help, Delis, we'll help. Uh, he's not even smiling back there. <laughs> Invite folks to come on Easter. We will present the gospel and we will be praying that Jesus will be known, okay? So invite and pray, because just them coming is not enough. They need to hear who Jesus is, and we need to pray that God would open their hearts and draw them to himself through that service. When they come, we're going to say, hey, next week we got lunch, so come back. And we're hoping to kind of, yeah, you know, come on back. Be friends with us. Be a part of our church if that's what God's calling you to. All right. It's going to be a good season. A uh, couple of things. So if you want to be baptized, talk to us, let us know. If you have a story, be ready to share that with us on the 11th. And, uh, and we'll start the Family of Families book on April 15th. And we'll go back to this small group schedule. Okay, that's what I was getting to. We're going to go back into our small groups and finish another six weeks in the Family of Families. What does it mean to be the church, to be the family of God? Well, we're going to close up today. And before we do, I... Uh, I want to ask some friends to come up and join me this morning. Bob and Marge, would you come up and come up front here? Many of you know Bob. Some of you don't. Bob and Marge, they have been uh, the epitome of serving Jesus, loving well, uh, teaching, helping. In fact, last year when we changed our polity to an elder-led polity and, and government structure, um, many of you said, man, Bob is the kind of guy we want to represent us as an elder. And so Bob became an elder. And has been an amazing elder, an amazing friend. And y'all don't see this, but when I'm teaching, especially as a young preacher, it's good to look over here occasionally, and I don't all start this next week, but uh, to look over there and Bob and Marge are just with me. Man, they're, just, they're just shaking their head in affirmation. They're just loving well. That's what you guys have been to me. You've been encouragement. You've been faithful. You have led well. They've taught a Sunday school class, also taught a small group on Sunday nights. Marge taught a Sunday school class. I mean, they've just done nothing but serve. God is leading them into a new season. So they're going to be leaving South City Church. And we are going to miss them. We love them. And so today, I just want to pray for them. I just want to pray over them and pray that God would bless them. They'll always be welcome here, right? Always be welcome him. We, we're here. We love them. We want to bless them and encourage them. So when you leave today, make sure you come by and just tell them how much you love them and that you're going to be praying for them and wherever God leads them into whatever he leads them to, okay? Let's pray this morning. Father, thank you so much for the church. Thank you for the church, God. Thank you for people that we get to walk life with. God, thank you. I, I'm, I'm so thankful. I know that Bob and Marge are thinking back over, not over the, their years here, but their years of ministry all over the country, and it's easy for me to go to that place too and see faces and names and hearts and lives that really blessed us. And God, I know they'll take some of that from South City and from Temple. Lord, I pray that you would lead them to the church, God, that you want them to be a part of, to serve in a way that you want them to serve to make your name famous, Jesus. That's all that we care about. 
So Lord, we pray that you'd protect them. You pray that we, you would be over their marriage, that you would be with their ministry, with their work, uh, continued health for Marjorie, Lord. Just all the things that you're doing in them, Lord. Would you continue to lead them to knowing you more and making you known? God, what a privilege to walk life with them for this season. We just pray blessings and strength and thanksgiving for their lives and ministry with us. Go with them now. Continue to draw us together as a family. Make us unified, Lord, as we love you and we know you. In Jesus' precious name, amen.